Welcome to the Bold Waves at Work podcast with me, Jill Williams, Associate Certified Coach and Founder of Bold Waves Coaching. This is a podcast for driven Christian women by a driven Christian woman who wants to show up without putting on a show. I don't want to put on a show and end up burning out, but I don't want to check out either, sitting myself on the sidelines because I don't know what else to do. I'm not used to being the one asking for help or even feel able to ask sometimes given my position. Sound familiar? Listen in for the next few minutes of your day as we discover together or are reminded together. We have all that we need to offer our unique, original, God-given design with confidence, authenticity, and rest. We only need to choose to put on our bold, to frame our daily interactions in life-giving truth, growing a presence in us that invites connection, optimizes performance, and ushers in confidence and rest. What does your bold look like today? Come join me in being more curious offering more respect, looking forward more, and deeply resting more. We won't do it perfectly, but we'll grow to do it more and more, and we'll lead waves of others to do the same. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Bold Waves at Work podcast. This podcast is all about how we lead based on how we show up, because how we show up sets up how and where we lead others and ourselves. This podcast is about showing up in a way that invites connection, optimizes performance, and ushers in confidence and rest. It's bold to show up like this, being more curious, offering more respect, looking forward more expectantly, and deeply resting more. Last time we looked at the rest we're designed to have in Christ. In this episode, we're going to look at another passage from Scripture where Jesus addresses rest, but in a way we might not immediately recognize. We're in Luke eleven fourteen to 23 In this passage, Jesus has just overpowered a demon and cast it out of a man who had been mute. He showed himself off to his watching world, and some who were there marveled at him, but some didn't want to acknowledge him as God. They made excuses, saying he must be the prince of the demons. They tested him. But let's not focus on their tests and excuses. Let's focus on what their excuses and tests imply. They imply these people didn't want to acknowledge what they had seen. They didn't want to acknowledge Jesus as God. So they devised a way to justify their want to not acknowledge the power of God in him. Such acknowledgement would change everything for them especially if they personally gained from the world system as it was. Perhaps they gained prestige, or power, or just a comfort knowing their place. The thought of acknowledging Jesus may have led only to the thought of what they might lose, not what they might gain. Resistance to change for fear of loss isn't always sourced in the desire to hold on to evil, powerful, sinister things. It certainly can be but sometimes it's sourced simply in the desire to hold on to known things. For us, just as much as for them, acknowledging the power of Jesus in our lives changes everything. Even little good things sometimes, like the potential cost of a change in a friendship or a change in the level of admiration we receive from others, or the cost we experience from choosing to live differently than the cultural flow of our community for the sake of our commitment to a kingdom far better than the one many of us are struggling to build here. What excuses, if any, do you give to deny the power and presence of God because it would change everything? Jesus didn't let them sit with their excuses, just as he doesn't allow us to sit with ours. 
He responded to their accusations and tests by proposing in verse 20, But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And then he continues in verses 21 and 22 telling this story. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. The word undisturbed here is also translated as safe. So to continue, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed or safe. But when someone stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away from him all his armor on which he had relied and distributes his plunder. In this story, we have a strong man, fully armed, guarding his own palace, his kingdom. And we have a stronger one who overcomes him and takes away everything. That sounds unjust, awful, terrifying. He even gives his things away. But what if there's more to the story? What if the strong man is guarding a palace that was given to him that he does not own? And what if even his very life was given to him? And here he is protecting these things as if they are his to protect. And someone stronger than him, who also happens to be the rightful owner of the things and the creator of him, disrupts his culturally relevant and natural, but short-sighted and powerless kingdom building intended to give him shelter, significance, and strength. What if this one who is stronger comes attacking the deception that has blinded the strong man? What if his attack is his attempt to relieve the strong man of his tiresome, exasperating, and endless effort? What if the stronger man desires to expose the truth that he is with the strong man and the strong man has no need to build because he has a place in a perfect kingdom? In fact, what if he's living in a sort of virtual reality and the stronger one wants so much to break him into real reality, to align him with rest, with the shelter, significance, and strength the strong man was designed to experience? A shelter, significance, and strength far better than the man could build for himself. What if the stronger one simply and lovingly wants the strong man to be relieved so he takes away that which binds him, his armor, and he gives him vision for what sets him free, the sharing of his design with others, the offering of himself as spoil from a battle, the battle to escape this virtual reality, to live in the better kingdom yet to come? What if this is the backstory? What if that which they have to gain far surpasses that which they have to lose? Jesus ends the story in verse 23 by saying, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. The strong man was not with him. Who is this strong man? Not wanting to lose his kingdom. It's those in the crowd making excuses and testing Jesus for what they witnessed that day for sure but it's sometimes you and me. And who is the stronger one taking away culturally relevant securities and armor that the strong man would lose his virtual kingdom? Of course, this man is Jesus. If your son or daughter had their sights set on something, anything that is valuable and worth their effort to pursue, and you could clearly see their way of pursuing the thing would lead them further away from it, would you just sit and watch them flounder? Or would you offer an opportunity that might steer them in a better direction? You obviously couldn't demand they choose it, but would you let that stop you from offering wisdom from your personal experience with similar things? And would you hope that they realize you are with them in this, that they may choose to be with you too, rather than against you? 
even if in the process they experience a painful loss? Would you just watch them blindly miss out on what they have to gain without offering an opportunity for disruption to serve their ultimate good? Jesus doesn't. Jesus disrupts our virtual kingdoms for the sake of his. Our response exposes what matters most to us, the things we might lose or the things we might gain. How, if at all, has Jesus disrupted and disarmed you? How have you responded? I hope you'll join me next week as we talk more about the things we want when things change. Until then, think about this. What does your bold look like today? Does it look like the kind that leads you to be more curious and less controlling? To offer more respect and less fear? To look forward more and to demand less? And to deeply rest? Let's dare to put on this kind of bold that invites connection, optimizes performance, and ushers in confidence and rest. We aren't going to do it perfectly, but we can do it more and more each day, and we'll grow more and more, and we'll lead waves of others to do the same. This concludes this episode of the Bold Waves at Work podcast with me, Jill Williams, Associate Certified Coach and founder of Bold Waves Coaching. Follow Bold Waves Coaching on Instagram at Bold Waves Coaching or find Bold Waves Coaching online at www.boldwavescoaching.com or like us on Facebook at Bold Waves Coaching. Until next time, dare to put on your bold and I will be doing the same. <laughs>